Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Written by Suzanne Smitten. Published in 2021 by Lone Pine Publishing. The Belgard Betts Farm, Grantsville, West Virginia. Farmer Collins Betts likely would have died in obscurity in Calhoun County, West Virginia, if it wasn't for the fact that he lived in the most haunted house that area has ever seen. And you don't have to take his word for the house reputation. Dozens of reputable people, from ministers to army captains, stayed in the most haunted room of the house near Grantsville, and all of them left, wishing they had traveled on a little further before settling in for the night. Headless ghosts, a predatory incubus, and bedding torn off by unseen hands those top the list of horrible visitations and strange happenings within the walls of the rather unremarkable farmhouse. It is all captured in a detailed article written by a determined reporter from the Connecticut Enquirer in March 1886, some 20 years after news of the hauntings circulated throughout the county. Now, nearly 125 years later, The people of Grantsville still cite the Betts incidents as among the most startling and frankly hard to explain in the county's history. The Betts one-story homestead sprawled along the bank of the Little Canal River, about three miles outside of the town, until it earned a reputation for being haunted. It was well-placed as a stop for travelers, but the death of a wayfaring peddler put a stop to that. The peddler disappeared after leaving Grantsville with $1,000 in his pocket. His body was found not far from the Betts farm in a makeshift grave. But Colin Betts told police he had never seen the man and was never considered a suspect in the murder, innocent or not. His house went from peaceful to plagued by the paranormal almost overnight. Actually, no one could ever say for sure that the peddler's demise had a direct connection to the on-site of supernatural trouble for the Betts family. But the two events did happen about the same time. The family began hearing inexplicable noises, such as water dripping into tent pans, when neither rain nor pan was in sight. The woman in the house reported hearing the creepy sound of whispering and the disturbed thump 
of a body hitting the floor in one of the rooms. In the chill of the night, bedding was somehow yanked off the sleeping family members. A person could get used to such things, but that was just the start. One bedroom in particular became the center of a nasty spirit, and enough people stayed in the room. Why, one might reasonably wonder to have a lanty and document eerie experiences. Methodist minister Reverend Wayne Kennedy has the dubious honor of being the first overnight guest who got more than he bargained for. He stopped in while traveling through West Virginia and agreed to sleep in the room. Sometime shortly after midnight, the minister awoke, feeling as though he was being smothered. As he came more fully to his senses, he saw the shape that resembled a large black dog sitting on his chest, preventing him from moving and restricting his breath. The Connecticut Inquirer reported that it was the greatest difficulty that he was enabled to throw off the incubus and release himself from the deadly pressure. The most common definition of an incubus is a male demon believed to lie on sleeping people and to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women, and it often takes the form of a large black dog. Reverend Kennedy barely waited for sunrise before packing up and leaving, swearing as he left that he would never spend another night at the Betts farm. So when word of his horrifying experience got around, it would make sense that other people would want to stay away. Curiosity and bravado, however, kept the guests coming. Colin's brother John could not resist the challenge of debunking the stories. He traveled from his home in Colorado to laugh at his brother's fearful continuance and ridicule the rumors of phantoms in the bedroom. John had no time for people who believed in ghosts, so the strapping muscular man closed the door on his family and prepared to take on the phantom. Apparently, the phantom won. The next morning, Collins went to check on his brother who he did not appear, and found him lying in his bed, unable to move. The helpless man told Collins that sometime in the night, he felt himself being crushed under the weight of an unseen presence, and he could not shake it off. John suffered torment until daylight, when the oppression ceased, but he had lost the use of his limbs. He left a broken man, who never recovered full use of his arms and legs. Others who stayed in the room did not suffer to the same extent. Maybe they didn't go in with the same arrogance, but they still suffered. Captain Hayhurst woke to the sight of a headless man standing by his bed. Timber Baron Henry Newman had his bedding ripped off no less than three times. Both men left saying they would never return. Whatever started haunting the bed's home did not let a few walls trap it into being a homebody. Stories of strange events came back from people traveling near the farm. James Wolverton and his son heard what sounded like the cavalry galloping toward them as they drove their ox cart home one evening. As the sounds of hooves plumbing the ground and sabers rattling in scabbards drew near, the father and son got to the top of the hill and were stunned to see no one else on the road below them. 
but the roar of the horses grew so loud that Wolverton cried out, My God, men, don't ride over me. To his astonishment, the phantom troop seized its charge. Wolverton and his son swore that it happened until their dying days. One of Colin Betts' nephews rode past the farm on his way home, and as he and his horse got about halfway up the hill opposite the house, there was a strange apparition that spooked the horse, causing it to throw its rider and run away. The horse refused to come out of the woods until the next day, and it was coaxed back out onto the road. What could have caused such paranormal mayhem? Maybe a natural halogen. According to the Connecticut Enquirer, some people put forth the theory that the farm sat on some sort of underground bed of gas, which arises from the earth and is inhaled. But the bed's ghost refused to be explained away so simply. An earlier article in the inquiry from September 30th, 1884, said, There is no doubt that Calhoun County has a mystery which neither time, bullets, courage, nor philosophy can either drive away or explain. It has come to stay. If you meet a Calhouner, just mention it, and he will tell you that the Betts ghost is a county possession which it will gladly dispose of at any price.